I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I feel like so far I am not impressed at all by Barry Trotz. The buyout, like we mentioned, the trade retaining half, having no direction, even the signing, like good in a vacuum, but no direction with the team, and the offer to get the fifth overall pick from Montreal, trading uh, Yaroslav Askarov, the 14th and the 24th pick. Like, that is just... Oh, I I wish they did that. It would have been a lot of fun, but I just didn't agree with that at all. I can't believe Montreal said no. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to episode 177 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one. Well, boys, summer is uh, is off and running and Canada Day weekend in the books now. How are we feeling? Feeling good. Loving summer, but man, I am busy and it's a really weird time of the year where I'm very busy with everything going on, yet I'm constantly checking my phone to keep up with NHL news, so it's like a weird little feeling, and then yet we're a hundred days away from opening uh, night, so it's it's a weird little purgatory we're in right now with the free agencies going on. Yeah, but that being said, we've had some crazy moves happen already, which have, have been you know exciting for me personally. I was a bit upset with Bradtree Living's debut with the Maple Leafs, but then you know as we rolled into day two and three of free agency, I was a bit more happy with the signings that he made. But it's been a pretty hectic last week or so, all things hockey. So it, it's been kind of nice. But I just wanted to say as well, um, because case like you mentioned, we're a hundred days away from the, the season, and you know we're, there's going to be not much going on for the next at least six weeks or so. If something is crazy we'll we'll check in and and do an episode but that's what we're going to do we're going to take about a six week break and then we'll uh, get right back into it with some season previews and we'll grade some teams in the off season and and do all that fun stuff leading up to the 2023-24 season but this will be our last episode for the next six weeks and uh, I I, you know I want to apologize if anybody's upset that we're not going to be missing or or that they're going to be missing our weekly episodes but I think we deserved a little break Gay boys, what do you think? I'm ready for a break. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good time to take one. And uh, so, yeah, there you go. And, hey, they won't have to – our listeners won't have to listen to us uh, go on about stuff for six weeks. So that's that's nice for uh, for them as well. Um, But, yeah, doing good, guys. Good weekend. We had the Thousand Islands Regatta, of course. That's a big weekend in in my neck of the woods. So – um, that was great, and I feel like I'm still trying to catch up on all the signings over the weekend. I feel like every day there's one that like I didn't see that's you know sort of a, a minor one that just kind of sneaks in there and that I didn't see over the weekend. But uh, yeah, it was crazy, and so um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, a, a good chunk of that in this episode, and we'll uh, we'll try to keep it quick. And so basically, what we've done is we've separated. Uh, two groups of five so we're going to be talking about um, you know guys that uh, that that we're focusing on for average annual value the AAV of their deals and then uh, focusing on term as well because there were some uh, there were some some deals that were given out that had some good term on it so we're going to do five for each and and grade each deal and just uh, give something quick on on each and so uh, that is how we're going to do this episode and uh, sort of digest uh, from all the signings o- over the weekend or a good chunk of them the uh, the most notable uh one so why don't we start with uh the aav group guys and i've tried to put it in order of uh you know from highest to lowest and so we'll start with uh really the the best defenseman available on the market and that was dimitri orlov who of course uh, you know longtime washington capital he goes to boston at the deadline does pretty well there and then goes to another Stanley Cup contender in the Carolina Hurricanes it's a two-year deal but a pretty sizable AAV at 7.75 million a season so uh, Case we'll we'll start with you your your thoughts on this deal uh, to kick us off and uh, your grade as well Orlov to the Canes yeah you know 
Carolina's having themselves a really good offseason, and it's scaring me because they're in the Devils uh, division, and obviously they're making a push to go for the Cup this year. And, I mean, they were close last year until they got absolutely swept again. I'm going to give this deal an A-. minus. What I wonder is what would Orlov's contract be if he never played for Boston? If he continued with uh, the Capitals, I'm thinking he might be one, one and a half million dollars cheaper. He had a very good stint with Boston, putting up some ridiculous numbers. And then in the playoffs, he was one of their, you know, only guys who shined. But what I wonder is, was he, was this a product of playing on the best team in NHL history? Or is this Dmitry Orlov and is he a $7.75 million guy? That being said, it's only two years and they have the cap space. They're making the push to go for it this year. So I am going to give it an A minus. The one thing that's going to stop me from A, A plus is because, like I said, what happened if he wasn't with Boston? And the other thing being next year, Carolina is going to be in a, a bit of cap hell when the, the likes of... Aho, Teravainen, Nakash, Martinuk, Drury, Jarvis, Suzuki, Nason, all of these guys need a deal next summer. So yep. I'm thinking that this one and maybe another one we're going to talk about here soon might hurt them next year. Yeah, and I know who the other one is that you're going to mention. And I agree, they could hurt them in the future. <clears throat> but I also agree with you, Case. Right now, I think it's a great fit. Um, for the player and a great fit for the team as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought about that too. You know, if he never went to Boston, where I think he had like 19 points in 23 games or something like that. I remember talking about it a few weeks ago on the podcast, talking about Orlov predicting his contract. But if he didn't go there and, and have such a great start with Boston and, and, you know, pretty good playoff performance, what would it look like? I'm thinking it would probably be more of a long term deal at a lower AAV somewhere else, maybe like a six times six or something like that. That's probably. I think closer to to where I would have valued him before last year. But hey, you know what? Like, if this isn't just a flash in the pan and Orlov is a guy who is able to, you know, convert more chances into offense, then, you know, that's solid for Carolina, who, like we always talk about, kind of needs more offense up and down their lineup. I know they're very deep and and can score, but sometimes they just need an easy goal, like Harper likes to say. And if Orlov, Orlov can contribute to that, great um i gave the dlb plus so a little bit uh of a lower grade than you did case but still a pretty good one um i gave it a b plus because i love the two years uh, but i think the aav is a little bit high just given uh his entire track record but for only two years you know if it goes south you're not locked into that forever if you have to eat half his salary and trade it to some another team just to you know get rid of him to sign other players like you're not thrilled about it but you know it's also not that big of a deal um because it's only two years so i a b plus i think it's a pretty good contract yeah i'll go b plus as well for this one i mean looking at um orlov's uh, career numbers he's been a very consistent like 30 point defenseman so a very solid top four guy and uh yeah I'll, I'll give it a b plus as well like the term and we know that orlov was looking for a lot of term i think he was looking for six seven years to stay in washington and that was sort of the uh the gap between brian mcclellan and and uh, orlov's camp so Good on the Canes for getting that term down to two years. But yeah, the AAV is a little high. And I wonder at that number, uh, you know, how does he slide into the lineup with uh, a guy like Brent Burns, who had a great season last year? He could have won the Norris Trophy, Slavin, Pesci, if he sticks around, and, and so on and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'll go with a B plus on this deal for Orlov. Well, and Eric Carlson when they eventually trade for him because their cap space is completely unlimited, apparently. They just signed Tarasenko yesterday as well, so... Yeah, um, and the Carlson thing, like, how weird would that be? 
because it didn't work with him and Brent Burns together in San Jose, and they could potentially be together again in Carolina. I find that strange, but anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Okay, um, the the next one that we're going to move on to, guys, uh, Alex Klorn, longtime member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is sort of similar to, um, you know, what Andre Pilat did last season. He cashed in big time with the New Jersey Devils, and that deal certainly looks... Uh, good for uh, the team and the player. Uh, so Kalorn reunites with Pat Verbeek, who used to be in Tampa, of course, as an assistant GM. Now the guy in Anaheim. Uh, he reunites with him. It's a four-year deal at an AAV of $6.25 million for the 33-year-old Alex Kalorn. So, Case, back to you for this one. You know, I've seen a lot of backlash on the internet about this deal, but personally, I love it for Anaheim. I'm going to give them a A for this one, a just straight solid A for this. You're getting a goal scoring and point producing hard nosed player who's been there, done that. I think you're getting 130 plus, what is it, 140 playoff games out of Kalorn. Um, Right now, they're $28 million in the bank account after signing him. They still got to sign, you know, Zegris and Troy Terry and Drysdale. But I think that when you have as much cap available as they did, it makes a ton of sense, just like the Devils did, to bring in a veteran guy to kind of lead these young players that you have filled in this roster and kind of show them what it takes to win in the NHL. Um and at the same time, you're getting a good player here uh, who absolutely loves the water. So why not put him in Anaheim? Yeah, that is true. Eh? He's the uh, he's the guy in the sea dude doing interviews. I forget what that segment was called that he did, but yeah, Doc uh, Talk, I think. Doc, some, yeah, I'm, that makes a lot of sense. Like <laughs> I mean, if it's not, you should you should copyright that right now, Case. That's a great name. Uh, but yeah, okay. So for Killorn, um, I gave it a B. A little bit lower than Casey as well, only because of that four-year term. I think if it were three years, I would be up to a B plus, maybe an A minus. Again, like you said, Casey, it really doesn't matter that much because it's in Anaheim and they have a ton of cap space. I just wonder if he looked around the league and, you know, teams were offering him three years and Anaheim said, you know what, we'll give you four. I just wonder if in four years time when he's 37, because let's not forget, he's 33 now, he's not the fastest player and your legs are the first thing to go. I just wonder if at 37 years old, when Anaheim is ready to compete, if that contract is going to be, you know, put a little bit of a damper on the situation, similar to a guy like Patrick Marlowe did with the Maple Leafs when he also made, I think it was 625. Clearly different players. Um, but that being said, Kalorn does play a bit of a harder game, and you know those guys' bodies tend to break down quicker. All of that to be said, though, his last two years have been some of his best in the league. I think he had 64, 65 points last year, about 60 the year before. So, you know, he's trending in the right direction despite being a bit of an older player and maybe with a bit more leeway to be offensive than he had in Tampa Bay. He could be a really effective player for Anaheim. So I'll give it a B. Just just quickly, Hart, before you jump in, I yep. kind of looked in the similar fashion as you, Chad, is what's this going to look like four years down the road? The one thing that actually had me stay in the A category is the Anaheim Ducks cap situation is wonderful at the moment. They have no dead cap, like no bought out players, no one they're retaining salary for, and there's no scary contracts at all on this team. Um, in four years' time, you're going to have Kalorn and Ryan Strome coming off the books, and that's going to be $11.25 million available to give Drysdale that contract after his bridge contract he's probably going to get right now. Like, I think they're in a great situation, and you know they're not the Toronto Maple Leafs with three players getting paid $10 million, over $10 million to compare to that, that Marlowe situation. Yes. And, and also, too, let's not forget with Kalorn, like, it's a player who can currently contribute. Like, it's not yeah. like this is just a oh, guy yeah. who plays down in the lineup. Like I said, I think he had, like, 64 points last year. Like, he's and, – and with more of an opportunity to play offensively, I think he could be really important. And the experience speaks for itself, too. It cannot be overstated. A guy who's played that many playoff games, that's super important for the younger players. Yeah. 
Yep, definitely. And, uh, you know, again, just the, the connection with the, the general manager and going back to their days in Tampa, I think that's huge. Anaheim is in a good cap situation. Zegris and Troy Terry are, are uh, you know, they can get new extensions now. And so I wouldn't think that either of those would be anything more than somewhere in the eights for, for those two players. So uh, they're set up in a, in a good cap situation to get that business done as well so I'll give this an A even though the the term is uh you know four years for a 33 year old he's still a productive player and like we've said before Case I think you were the one to say this four years is kind of the new two years like they can really maximize the first two years of this deal and then just deal with the other two years on the back half of that contract when they're still in a good cap situation, when the salary cap is up by that point and they are ready to compete. So for, for right now, gives them some help, a good, honest, hardworking player with a ton of experience. He knows the GM in Pat Verbeek. So yeah, I'll give this deal an A. And now, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, it's non-GMO, and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite right now is lemon lime. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is also sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Alrighty, we'll move on to our next one now. So this is a uh, a one year deal and uh, kind of a surprise. We knew that you know this player and this team were connected for a while, but uh, you know we we thought that there was a good chance he was going to re-sign in Boston. They obviously weren't able to make the money work, and so Tyler Bertuzzi is now a Toronto Maple Leaf as he goes to his third NHL organization. It is a one-year contract at an AAV of $5.5 million. So uh, once again, Bertuzzi is betting on himself and is now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, Chad, do do you want to start us off with this one? Yeah, sure, I can. Um, Last episode, Harp, we talked about where Bertuzzi would go. I predicted he would go to the Edmonton Oilers because I thought it was such a good fit for the Oilers to add Evander Kane, a guy who played tough but could still produce offensively. Because I feel like a lot of teams who have good players tend to add one or the other, a guy who can contribute or a guy who can you know, kind of be a bruiser out there and, and play down in the lineup and, and make an impact that way. Well, Evander Kane, just like Tyler Bertuzzi, adds both of those elements, and that's why I think he's the perfect fit for the Maple Leafs. So I gave this contract an A. The only reason I couldn't give it an A+, is because it's only one year, and Bertuzzi's going to play with Matthews and Marner more than likely. He'll probably put up 70-plus points, maybe 30 goals, and they won't be able to afford him on a long-term deal. Um, Also, I will say, too, Bertuzzi is a player I've wanted forever. I've been a little bit nervous for the Leafs signing a player like this because he's a bit of a Band-Aid, and he had that whole situation going on with not being able to play in Canada during the pandemic, and I thought there would be some lasting 
you know, animosity towards Canadian teams. I guess that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, if they're able to re-sign this player, I think he can sign in January of uh, 2024. If they're able to re-sign him, then this contract looks brilliant, right? One times 5.5. But if he's only there for a year and and they can't get anything uh, done with the player going forward, then the contract doesn't look as great. But I'll settle on an A because I think the player and uh, and the team really love the deal. Yeah, I mean, this is the new GM coming in and saying, hey, you wanted sandpaper. You've asked for sandpaper the last four years. I'm going to bring you two guys who have exactly that. I'll bring them in on one-year deals so that when this also doesn't work, we can get rid of them. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's pessimistic. Um, I actually like this deal a lot. I think that the one-year, you know, as much as it is low risk, I do think that it would have been nice to get him on, you know, multiple years. I think that if this was the same as the bunting deal, I'm probably giving this an A plus. Uh, but because it's one year, I'm landing more like A minus. But then I've actually given this an A grade because they took him from Boston. Yeah, that makes it actually that much better of a deal because now you don't have to worry about him in the playoffs he was boston's best performer in the playoffs and i mean five goals five assists in seven games not to mention punching a lot of people in the face and just pissing everyone off all game um yeah he brings a lot to this team that is missed he will put up a lot of points and he will get a nice contract next year so i am going to give this one an a still yeah, and Harb, just before you jump in, I wanted to mention too, like we heard on 32 Thoughts a couple months ago, the, Elliot Friedman said that, you know, we heard around the league that the Toronto dressing room is the big four guys and then kind of everyone else. And there was a stark divide. Well, I really like the Bertuzzi signing and to a lesser extent, the Domi signing, because it feels like those players are more contributor contributors in all areas especially offensively as opposed to just guys you need to do a certain role you know what i mean like it just feels like it can also be their team especially if they want to stick around long term um as opposed to you know even even a guy like nolachari or or ryan o'reilly like did it really feel like it was their team no they kind of felt like they were on the periphery and maybe that contributed to them both walking in free agency it just feels though like these are players who, you know, add to it without being separate from it, if that makes any sense. That's how I interpreted both of those deals. Yep. No, definitely adding uh, a, a guy like this and obviously, uh, the, you know, the other two and in, in Domi and Reeves, it, uh, it it changes the dynamic of that locker room. It makes, uh, you know, this team louder and, you know, more fiery. And so I like that a lot. But yeah, focusing on Bertuzzi, I think it's a great fit for player and team. He bets on himself again and uh, can slide right in and take that spot that uh, was Michael Bunting's on that left side with Matthews and Marner put up a ton of points and then go from there he's looking at a a nice contract for for next year we all expect but uh, yeah I'll I'll give this an A as well I think it's a great fit he does a little bit of everything Uh, boy did he ever look like uh, a Boston Bruin he looked great in that uniform but he's going to look great in the Leafs uniform as well and in case I'm with you the fact that he goes from Boston to Toronto uh, just adds an extra little spice onto it. So yeah, I'll give this an A as well. It's a good uh, it's a good bet for the player and the team. Imagine being the Bruins trading away Taylor Hall as a cap dump so that you can sign this guy and he walks to your division rival. Like that's that's pretty that that's a kick in the pants for for Bruins fans here. Yeah, definitely. And if uh, the two big the two big dogs down the middle don't come back. Um, all right, the uh, the next one we'll go to, fellas, fourth on our list for uh, the AAV category, Jason Zucker. This one was a bit of a surprise. It's a one-year deal with the Arizona Coyotes. $5.3 million is the AAV. Zucker coming off a, a nice bounce-back season in Pittsburgh. He had 27 goals. Case, we'll go back to you first once again. Uh, thoughts on this deal? I'm going to give this a C plus. Um, what's happened here is an agent came to his player and said, 
listen, you've struggled in inj- with injuries the last few years. Last year was a great start to getting you some real money. Well, why don't we send you to be a medium-sized fish in a tiny pond where you get to be the guy, try to put up some points, and then we'll knock a contract out of the park the year after. That's what they're attempting here. Um, the reason why I'm giving it a C plus is this is Arizona trying to stay relevant and have semi-competitive um, players on this roster and as well as trying to stay above the cap floor. So uh, I think it's a sort of random signing. I don't really have much of an opinion on it, but I think it's a lot of bunts for a 40-point guy at the moment. So I'm going to give it a C plus. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, Case. That is probably exactly what happened. You know, you haven't been healthy. Let's go to a team. You'll get some minutes. You'll put up some points, and then you'll sign like a 4 by 4 or something, or or a 4 by 5 rather, and and just go from there. Ideally, for Zucker, that's what he would like. Um, But I gave this one a B, actually, and I gave it it a B because objectively 5.3 for Zucker is an overpay. You know, if you can get Bertuzzi for 5.5, 5.3, essentially the same deal for, for Zucker is too much money um, because he, he is a little more one-dimensional. But also, uh, the B makes sense to me because I like how Arizona is trying to compete. They took a step last year, and you know this just seems like, okay, we're going to reward our group, we're going to give them a veteran player, and we'll see what happens. And they're done, or at least seemingly as of right now, they're done making a mockery of the NHL, icing a team that, you know, of players, <clears throat> a lot of them should be playing in the American League and and not even being at the cap floor. So. I think this is a good signing for Arizona, and it's a sign of good things to come. So I'll give it a B. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll give this one a B as well. the The only question I have is who is Zucker going to play with? Um, you know, I I'm a little concerned about the center ice position in particular with this hockey team uh, right now. It looks like Barrett Hayton, who did finally take a, a big step forward last season, is going to be the guy between Keller and Schmaltz but then you know are we looking at Zucker on the right side between Travis Boyd and then Lawson Kraus on the other side so that's what I wonder who is going to be feeding this guy the puck because uh, Zucker does need someone to uh, you know to to give him pucks on on the wing and and he can fire home some goals and and uh, it would be nice to see him you know have a a couple of years back to back where he is in the 20s in terms of goals but you know for for the team I I like this because you know Arizona took a took a nice step forward last season I think they had 70 points and were a lot better than uh than a lot of us expected and and uh clearly they they want to take another step forward so um hey it's it's a good bet for them and and uh for the player as well and potentially getting a another nice contract after this one i just wonder what are those line combinations going to be and and who is going to be the guy feeding him the puck yeah if you're worried about center look at the back end of that team but that's for another discussion yeah really <laughs> not bad between the pipes though not bad between the pipes we had a couple guys no. there who can play but yeah the back end is not yeah. looking good yeah, that's right. But hey, I'll, I'll say it again. Happy to see, uh, happy to see the Coyotes, you know, adding a little bit and and uh, trying to take another step forward. So <clears throat> there we go. All right, uh, number five on our list, the final one for uh, you know, just looking at AAV, and uh, and that's Michael Bunting, the the former Toronto Maple Leaf. We mentioned him a few minutes ago. Tyler Bertuzzi takes his spot in Toronto. Bunting is off to the other division in the Eastern Conference. He's in the Metro now with the Carolina Hurricanes. It's a three-year deal with an AAV of four and a half million bucks. So Bunting to Carolina. Uh, Case, what do we think? Uh, it's, this is another C-plus for me. Um, although I think he fits the system of Carolina, I don't really think they need any more of this. I think that they were better off maybe trying to beat the Devils to a Tyler Toffoli or, or someone who can put the puck in the net you know, more consistently. I think that some of the numbers that Bunting's put up in the last two years are a product of playing with two of the best players in the world. So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, like I said, Bertuzzi's a much better player. Four and a half million for Bunting. I don't know what 
type of numbers he's going to put up. And I also think that he became a little bit of a liability in the playoffs with some of the uh, boneheadery going on. So, you know, I, I, again, I think that this team is going to be in a cap nightmare in two years. So this the four and a half million in th- a year three is going to look a little scary for them for kind of a, a middle six, maybe third line guy for them. So I don't I don't love it at a C plus, but I don't hate it because they are going for the cup this year. So, yeah, I, I went a bit of a different direction with this one. I thought this was an A minus for me uh, only because I think that is kind of exactly what Carolina needs in their lineup. Not the boneheadedness that goes on when, when he's out there on the ice, but just a, a little bit more sandpaper, if you will, if you want to talk like a boomer about the Maple Leafs. Like that's a guy who brings a bit of that. And I truly and honestly think if he does, if he's not playing for the Maple Leafs, he will not be in the box as much. Like it's it's just one of those things. You're playing on the biggest stage in some of the most watched games. Like refs are going to call you, especially when you, you know, build a reputation for diving and being a pest, you know, etc. So I I do really like the fit in Carolina. I honestly kind of wish the Leafs paid him that much money or at least three by four i think he is going to be worth it on a three-year deal when the cap goes up you know over the next two years a total of hopefully between eight and nine million dollars i just think it made a lot of sense for carolina who kind of got pushed around in the playoffs not gonna lie so um i I gave that one an a minus yeah i'll give this one a a b minus uh actually for for bunting to carolina i just think that uh it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in to this lineup and uh you know what the offense is going to be like because i and you know this is not a knock against rod brindamore as as a coach but i feel like we've we've talked about this before on this podcast i do feel like the system the way that they play it does kind of um take away from the offense a little bit from their big dogs like Svechnikov and Aho and and the list goes on so it'll be interesting to see how Bunting fits into that and what kind of numbers he can put up but I mean I could I could see this working out really well at the same time he is a a hard-nosed player and and could be a a great fit under Rod Brindamore I just wonder what kind of numbers he's going to put up playing in that system that I think does take a little bit of the offense away so I'll give this a B minus well and I don't think it would shock anyone if his production dropped even significantly like he will not be a 60 point player in Carolina but if he puts up 40 points and you know can work the four check and get it to the guys on the top two lines like I don't have a problem with that and brings a different element um, than a lot of players on that Carolina team bring you know like they they, you know they've got a guy like Martinook who plays hard but like in terms of guys who score goals like I don't think they have many players who bring both elements so i thought it was a good fit but clearly you know we're all over the board here we've got a's b's and c's so maybe that means we'll just have to wait and see and and see what it looks like after three years no, that's good. We've got some some different grades all across the board here. Another contract that's going to be a problem for them, we think, uh, you know, in a couple of years is that Cockney-Emmy deal, you would have to mm-hmm. think. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens in Carolina. But they're going for it, as they should, because... I think they're close. All right, so that does it for our uh, list of five for for guys that uh, got some pretty good AAVs on the open market and a little bit of term there. But now we're going to focus on term. Uh, So we'll start that list now. And uh, right at the top is uh, a move that Kyle Dubas made in Pittsburgh as, uh, I guess, acting general manager and, um, you know, president of hockey ops, Ryan Graves former New Jersey Devils defenseman. Uh, He moves on. He goes to Pittsburgh. It's a six-year deal, and uh, the AAV is four and a half million bucks. So Graves, a good top four defenseman, uh, gets himself a a nice long-term deal in Pittsburgh. Uh, Case, what do you think about this one for the former New Jersey Devils uh, blue liner? Uh, I'm going to call this a B. Uh, pretty middle of the road signing. I, I don't think that they got great value here. I don't think that they overpaid. Um, six years is certainly a lot of time, and that just reeks of Kyle Dubas. But I, 
you know, I think I'm, I'm interested to see what Ryan Graves can do with a little more ice time in Pittsburgh and, and kind of maybe being the, the guy on the back end there other than, you know, Latang. Um, so I think it could be interesting to see when he gets more of a look, what he can do. I was happy with him throughout the year in New Jersey, although this year his production kind of took a step back. And then in the playoffs, he, he really disappeared, especially physically. I, I was pretty disappointed with his uh, lack of presence in front of the net. So I'm excited to see what can happen to Ryan Graves here. I don't think four and a half million is outrageous for him. I think six years is a long time. So we'll see how this turns out. But um no, I, I think it's middle of the road, so uh, I'm going to give it a B. Yeah, you nailed the case. I'm also giving it a B. I think it just it makes sense for a guy like Dubas and a team like Pittsburgh who clearly has a very tight window to compete and needed to turn things around and add, not only on the back end, but everywhere. So I don't hate the contract. Six years, maybe that's just kind of future-proofing it a bit as the cap goes up. And, you know, to get a big guy who is mostly physical, who plays hard defensively, eats shots all the time, and is pretty rangy, like, I think that's a a solid deal. Um, And like I said, I think uh, Pittsburgh and, and Kyle were a little bit handcuffed because... Kyle was told as he went in, like, listen, let's run this back. Fill out around the the core and see what happens. I don't think 4.5 is is a terrible number. Would I rather have him than than, uh, John Klingberg on the back end? Honestly, maybe. At at similar cap hits. I know it's it's six years, but, I mean, just depends on team fit and and what you want out of that defenseman. So I don't hate it at all. I think it's pretty uh, much what we expected Graves to get. Some people are, are going nuts and saying that, like, oh, look at his production. And it's like, well, you have to look at what the player brings. And and I think he brings a lot more than than just points because, again, like Case said, doesn't put up a ton of those. But, yeah, I'll give it a B as well, Case. I think you nailed it. Oh, yeah. There's times where when he and John Marino were play, playing together, I felt comfortable every time they were on the ice. And that's a good mind or good state to be in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, and like looking at Graves' numbers, um, the last two seasons he has uh, been over twenty-five points. So I think that you know that's sort of uh, the number you're looking at for a top four defenseman like that with size. He's only 28 years old still. So uh, with the term of this contract, I think, again, you're looking at uh, maximizing those first three or four years of the deal. And then the last, you know, two or three years may may cause you some headaches. But yeah, for Pittsburgh, they're obviously uh, looking to get right back in it and uh, reshaping the roster and and they needed to do something on the blue line and you know the trade that sticks out like a sore thumb is the John Marino deal with the New Jersey Devils. Ty Smith just has not gotten back to the player that he was in his first year in New Jersey and so that one really sticks out and uh, adding a guy like Graves should help in uh, the first half of that deal so I'll go with a middle of the road grade as well stick with you guys and go with a B for this deal for Pittsburgh. All right, we'll move on to our uh, our next one. It's another uh, former New Jersey Devil. Miles Wood moves on from the Devils uh, to the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, I think you guys will agree with me, the term on this deal is probably the most surprising. It is also a six-year deal with an AAV of two and a half million bucks. So probably one of the... Uh, one of the more surprising deals from free agency over the weekend. I think that's fair to say. Miles Wood, 2.5 times 6 with the Colorado Avalanche. Case, uh, what do you have to say about this one? <laughs> you know, I'm going to give it a B minus, actually, and I think that's going to surprise a lot of people. Wow. Um, I think the AAV makes, uh, you know, some good sense here. The six years is wild. That's a, I don't know. You don't hear about that very often unless you're in the on the New York Islanders. But um, especially for a guy who suffers from injuries like he does. But the real reason I'm going to give it a B minus is because I think with some more ice time and some good health, Miles Wood could have demanded some decent money, some bunting money in two years. So if he pans out, he stays healthy, you know, you play him on your third line or maybe throw him up on the second line every once in a while, 
put him in front of the net on that good power play. I think he can put up some good numbers and in two, three years time, this contract looks pretty good. Um, now there is a lot of risk in, in signing him for six years. Uh, you know, not a nothing AAV, but I don't know. I, I still like this because I think that this is a player that really needed a change of scenery. He was getting buried in New Jersey. He suffered with injuries. So I, I'm excited to see what Miles can do. Great locker room guy. Great community guy. I, I can't say enough good things about Miles Wood, except it was time for him to move on. Yeah. So, Case, you gave it a B minus. That was the grade. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to go with a D plus for this one. I was absolutely shocked when I saw this deal. Two and a half million dollars for six years for a guy who could not get into the lineup on the New Jersey Devils. I know New Jersey was good and he was injured, but come on, two and a half. I thought this guy was going to get one times one on a prove it deal. Like it, that is shocking to me. Um, but you know what? It wouldn't surprise me either if it works out in Colorado just because of the team that they have there. And if yeah. he plays elevated minutes, like you said, Case, it wouldn't shock me at all. What I've learned from this free agency this year, this free agent period, is that I want Miles Woods' agent or Justin Hall's agent, honestly, because he got a whopper of a deal. Or if I'm a player, I want to be signing and, and negotiating with Lou Lamorello because then you're going to get signed forever, like everyone on that team who got seven years uh, or seven-plus years. But And I just wanted to say, too, there's a reason we're not talking about all those players. They were re-signings, not free agents on the open market who went to a different team, yeah. but wow. <laughs> Lou Lamorello... Cash and checks, he's not going to have to pay. No, sir. <laughs> you, th you think he's going to be uh, being a GM in eight year nine years? Sorokin's nine more years. Scott Mayfield's seven years. Pierre Engvall's seven years. How long do you think Lou Lamorello is going to be paying those guys? When he's 115, he will still be the GM <laughs> of this team, and so will Pierre Engvall. He will still be playing for this team, and that third line will remain intact. Uh, but yeah, anyway, back, back to Wood. Or fourth line, I guess now. It started as a third line. It's been there forever. Uh, Miles Wood, though, I, D+. Plus. I thought this was one of the most mind-boggling deals of the day. I think they gambled here. Oh, it's a massive gamble. And, and I guess maybe I'm just more risk-adverse than, than Joe Sackick and, and company there. But I just, I don't know. That's, that seems crazy to me. Harp, what were your thoughts? Yeah, uh, well, Chris McFarland, the GM in, in right, the second right. offseason, and uh, the, we've seen this before, right? Took a huge gamble on uh, Valerie Nichushkin with that eight-year deal at, at just over $6 million per. And, and um, you know, after what was a, a great Stanley Cup playoff run for, for Nichushkin, but that's got some risk attached to it, and so McFarland is uh, taking a bit of a risk once again with term for a guy who has had a, a rough couple of years in New Jersey, but Look, he's only 27 years old. We've we've seen what Miles Wood can do. Uh, he lightning quick speed, you know, plays that hard north south kind of game, and uh, you know, I, I think should be a 20 goal guy at some point. I'm surprised that he's never hit that mark yet. He's had 19. That's his career high in, in goals. And so with the way that Colorado plays fast, hard, I could see this being a good fit. But yeah, the term definitely was surprising. Although as far as team fit is concerned with Lekkanen and some of those other guys, I, I, I will give this a, uh, a B. Yeah, I, I think that he fits this system really well. He did have 17 goals in 55 games one year. So that, I mean... He stays healthy. He's for sure a twenty goal guy that season. Yeah. So, I think I think he's guaranteed for fifteen goals and thirty five points next year or something like that. Maybe thirty points because he's a only goal scorer. But <laughs> I think he brings a different element and something that you know is going to fit in well with Carol or Colorado. Yeah. I went, sorry. Just last point. When I looked at this deal, the first thing I thought about was. Like, first of all, that's that's crazy. That's too much. But also, did this prevent them from signing Evan Rodriguez? Like, could they have made it work with Evan Rodriguez, who is objectively a way better player? Like, well, it, they, I, don't, I don't. Ross Colton, I think, kind of got in the way of that. 
I don't know, man. I just like who is he? Who is Miles Wood better than on on New Jersey? Like no one, clearly, right? He wasn't in the lineup. So why does he make two and a half million now? It, it just it's shocking to me. I know it's it, circumstance matters, but it, I was just blown away. Well, I think he's better than the whole third, fourth line of New Jersey, but yeah, I mean, he put. I don't know. He where, wasn't playing. He played seventy six games last year. No, I know, but in the playoffs. Yeah, neither was uh, Sharon Govich, and like uh, they were picking and choosing. It was who guess, plays, who's playing well. Maybe I shouldn't read in too much in, too much into that, but anyway. Uh, one of the uh, one of the more interesting deals for sure over the weekend. All right, we've got three more left here with uh, deals that you know we're focusing on on term, and uh, the next is a goalie deal. So Jonas Corposalo. Um, who I, I thought would stay with the LA Kings, but it was clear that uh, they, they weren't going to be able to do it after the Pierre-Luc Dubois contract and uh, signing Cam Talbot to a one-year deal as well. Corpusalo to the Ottawa Senators. So the Senators get a goaltender. It is a five-year contract. And uh, just looking at the AAV, four million bucks. So four times five for uh, Jonas Corpusalo to be the next starter with the Ottawa Senators. What do we think about this one? You know... I was really torn for this one, what grade I was going to give it, because I think it is a high reward and medium risk opportunity. Uh, So I was kind of in a B region for a while, but I ended up landing at a C plus because they're giving a goalie five years and I just, I just am so scared of doing that. It all depends on what type of Corpusalo we're going to get. Are we getting last year Corpusalo? Then this is a great deal. Are we getting Two years ago, that's not so good. Four years ago, it's pretty great again. This guy's been up and down. So it's like, I think there is a gamble here. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited. I, I hope it pans out and I hope he's really good for Ottawa next year. So I am going to give this a C plus because of the term, but I think the AAV fits. And if this was a two-year deal, I'm probably giving this an A minus. Yeah, that that was my first thought too, Case. Like, why five years? Like, why not just two? Give them an extra million dollars per year and do two like years. Vili Vili Huso is what comes to mind here because that's a guy who is great and not so great in a year span. What did he get? Four and a half for two years in Detroit to kind of you know prove it again. So I yeah. thought that would have made a ton of sense for Corpusalo. Yeah, I mean, and and you hit the nail on the head like this guy's just been so inconsistent like which sample size are you looking at when you made the evaluation okay like four million times five years is what we're going to go with um i i i'll give it i'll give it a c plus i'll give it a c plus same same as you case because i think you're right it's a bit of a it is like a pretty good gamble a pretty big gamble because of the term but if he's good for only four million bucks, like as good as he was last year, you know, after he went to LA, then it works out. I just like paying goalies is tough. I don't know. It's hard to evaluate any goalie. So I'm just kind of torn where to give my grade, but I'll settle on a C plus because two years ago he was borderline unplayable in Columbus. And then like, I mean, he literally was unplayable. And then last year he was really good out of nowhere. So who, who knows how this is going to pan out. I hope it doesn't pan out for Ottawa because I'm a hater and I know you like them, Case, but I'm an absolute hater. So I hope he gets lit up, especially against the Leafs. But C plus. Well, I'll uh, I'll give this a B minus, I think, because uh, Corpusalo is going to a, a team that is on the rise and you know could uh, could possibly be a playoff team next season uh they they added to their blue line with uh you know jacob chikrin who fit in well it'll be another year for sanderson and shabbat etc etc uh so i do like the fit here but yeah the uh the term is what sticks out to me as uh something that you know um, may not go too well. That That's a big commitment for a guy who has been very up and down and, yes, was good last season, but 
sort of in a uh, in a small sample size in between Columbus and LA. But uh, hey, I, I could see where this works. Just the the term for me. And again, like looking at a lot of these deals, I'll, I'll say this again: like I, all of these teams are looking at those first two or three year deals or two or three years of these five or six year deals and so that's definitely what the senators are are looking at so the final couple of years could be a problem but uh you know he's going to a a good team that should be able to take a step and they'll be another year older and uh so I, i could see this working as well also i think Corpus Salo and forsberg were together in columbus for a little bit if i'm not mistaken as well, so um, not sure if, if yeah, if Forsberg <laughs> can come back and be healthy, that could be a, a very good one-two punch. So yeah, I'll give this uh, I'll give this a B minus. If Corpusalo can be the goaltender that he was this year with uh, with LA and Columbus, um, that then that looks good for the Senators. All right, two left, boys. Uh, let's go to JT Comfer. So. He's uh, back in in Michigan where, of course, he uh, played hockey before uh, he was drafted. Uh, So Comfer to the Detroit Red Wings as uh, Iserman for the second summer in a row is uh, not afraid to spend and hand out term uh, to try and improve the the Detroit Red Wings. So it is a a five-year deal, 5.1 million AAV is... Uh, the deal for JT Comfer after what was a, uh, a pretty nice season for him with the Colorado Avalanche. So Comfer moves on to the Red Wings, five-year deal, just over $5 bucks per. What do we think about this one? I kind of like this. I think that once Comfer was given a real chance to shine in Colorado, he stepped up and, you know, he played phenomenal when when they were suffering from injuries down the middle he was on that top line for a bit and it was really paying off for them so i think this is a guy that you know a little more ice time in detroit he can continue to shine can continue to be a 50 point guy he plays a good two-way game and you can play him up and down the line and center and on the right wing so Uh, A little bit of a Swiss Army knife for them here. And when you look at some of the other contracts that they've given out in the last couple of years, you know, you look at Cop and Perron, I think that this starts looking pretty good when you compare it to those guys. So I'm going to give this a B minus. It's pretty middle of the road. You could even give it a B if you wanted to. Yeah, I I mostly agree with you, Case. I think the fit for both team and player makes a ton of sense and even yeah. i even like the term as well but the reason i'm going to give it a c plus is because i think the aav is just too high for what he brings i know he's a very versatile player can play up and down the lineup but i'm just not sure exactly anymore what the direction of the detroit red wings really is i mean i know they want to make the playoffs i just don't know if they're good enough with um now adding Comfer as sort of your versatile guy, maybe a third line center. I don't know exactly where he's going to play, but I just I just don't know if this makes them that much closer to a playoff spot when there are other teams in the Atlantic who are only getting better. So if it were four million bucks times five years, I would be more comfortable with it, and I would be in the B to B plus range. But I just think it's a little too much money for for what he is. And all of that being said. Um, I, I also want to mention, too, that if in three years the cap does go up a significant amount, that $5 million deal isn't going to look bad at all. It's going to look more like the new three and a half, the new $4 million deal type thing. So a lot of my arguments maybe could be just completely thwarted if the cap goes up by $10 million over the next two years. But I just think as of right now, We've seen so much uncertainty with the cap. It's not a guarantee that it will go up. So as of right now, I think 5 times 5.1 is just a little too rich for my blood. So I'll give it a C plus. Yeah, I'll, I'll go B minus here. Uh, Comfer is a, a great player, and and uh, I think he had he had close to, to 60 points last season. And so I, I would say between 45 and, and 50 is, is kind of where he can be. Um, you know, again, he can he can play center and wing. He's won a Stanley Cup, and so it'll be interesting to, to see how this works out. But, yeah, I just thought that, uh, you know, just over $5 bucks for five years, 
years for this player was a little too much. And, uh, you know, again, we're, we're seeing a few deals now with the Red Wings that it's going to be interesting to see how they play out. Ben Sherratt, Andrew Kopp, who did have his struggles last season uh, with, with Detroit. That's another big deal as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how some of these deals play out. But yeah, as for right now, I'll give it a, a B-, minus. although Comfer is a good, versatile player. Just looks a little rich right now, for sure. All right, last on our list uh, for guys that we're focusing on uh, with term, and uh, that is Ryan O'Reilly. So uh, another former Maple Leaf, of course, a, a good deadline ad for for Toronto and, and heading into the playoffs. But uh, Ryan O'Reilly has yet another new destination, and this one was kind of a surprise. He is off to the Nashville Predators. It's a four-year deal. Four point five million is the AAV. So, uh, and and Barry Trotz. I, I heard some audio of of him talking about Ryan O'Reilly today, guys, and was just uh, giving him glowing remarks. He was obviously very excited to get a player like this in his first off season as a general manager taking over for David Poyle. So what do we think about this one? This, uh, again, another one of the more interesting deals that we saw over the weekend. Ryan O'Reilly, 4.5 times 4 in Nashville. I think that if you look at this signing in a vacuum, it could be a B-plus, A-minus type signing. But I can't. I have to look at this combined with Matt Duchesne and what happened there. And when you look at that, how much of an improvement is Ryan O'Reilly over Matt Duchesne? Not much. Not ridiculous, especially if you look two years ago, Matt Duchesne was fucking phenomenal. But I'm saying he's not that much of an improvement. And now if you look at next year and the year after, you're going to be paying if you're, if you're, counting the dead cap in um, that buyout, you're paying him like nine and a half, ten, eleven million dollars if you look at it that way. So it's I just the whole move did not make any sense to me to buy out, buy him out and then bring in Ryan O'Reilly for four and a half million that just confused the hell out of me. I still don't know where this team is at. They're such a tweener team. They don't have a direction. So I just don't really like the move at all. So I'm actually going to give it a D plus. Wow. I mean, Case, there's another factor adding to your argument as well. The fact that they retained half of Ryan Johansson's salary as well in, in that yeah. trade. So there's just more dead money on the books. You traded those, or you know, you got rid of those two guys by different means, and then you bring in Ryan O'Reilly, even though he only makes four and a half for the next four years. Like, that's a lot of dead money to lose it's, two guys and bring in one guy. 2024, 2025, it's nine and a half million dollars of dead, and then four and a half for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, that's that's mm. too much. I mean, just I, I wasn't thinking about that when. I, w- I made my pick here or gave my grade for this deal. I did look at it in a vacuum because I also thought that this deal would have been feasible in Toronto. And by all accounts, it was. He just chose to leave to go to a more desirable destination for him. You know, country guy going to Nashville out of the spotlight. You know, he, not yeah. not a bad fit for him. I mean, I'm sure he's going to have a great time there. But so looking at it in a vacuum, I agree, Case. I gave it a B. Well, you're right. Like when you consider those factors, um, that's just insanity. I mean, you're paying, you're paying the the dead cap on the buyout, the dead cap in retained salary, and ROR 4.5. You know, you know, you guys know that I don't like buyouts really at all. I think it's one of the laziest ways to free up cap space. It seems like Barry Trotz is just kind of trying to undo a lot of what David Poyle built on this team, which like. Fair enough. It's your team now, Barry, and if that's what you want to do, like go for it. You're, you know, you're perfectly entitled to make any move you want to make, and it's no disrespect to David Poyle, who had a great career. But if you want to take the team in a different direction, fine. I just don't know what that direction is, and I don't think Ryan O'Reilly makes them any better, even at a pretty manageable number at four point five. I thought he was going to get six times six. I thought that would have been too much. 
he was not worth six times six, but I thought someone would give him that much money. And who knows, maybe that offer was out there somewhere else and he wanted to go to Nashville or even maybe like five million or something. Maybe six is, is too crazy. But in a vacuum, I like the deal considering all the factors and and the direction of this team god knows what direction that even is um it, it can't be any higher than a d plus yeah let me let me restate my position here yeah the signing itself if you just got ryan o'reilly riley for four years at four and a half million that's a that's great that's Good a deal. B plus in my books all day yeah. but with all of it combined i just think this makes no sense at all hmm yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. And again, this was uh, one of the more surprising deals and one of the more interesting deals from over the weekend, to me at least. Uh, it's clear that Trotz wanted to change up the mix in Nashville. They had a great run that 2017 season. But uh, since then, it just hasn't been the same. And so, um, you know, getting out Duchesne and, and, uh, and Johansson, the way that they're changing the mix there it's very similar to what billy garen has been doing in in minnesota not sure if if you guys mentioned that comparison or, or not but um clearly they have a lot of faith in cody glass to be their second line center and and give him a, a bigger opportunity and he did have a you know um a, a nice little breakout season last year right he was close to 40 points and and uh, they extended him for two years so clearly they believe in him he's got o'reilly there to to help him and so yeah looking at this deal in a vacuum it's a pretty good one but um I can't see it aging too well. And again, it doesn't really match up with where the Predators are at. Like, you look at that forward group in particular, it's going to be filled with a lot of young players and they're they're sort of transitioning. And I think that this team is a wild card team at best heading into, uh, into next season. So um, an interesting deal for sure. But yeah, looking at it uh, in a vacuum with the way Ryan O'Reilly plays still at this age with his leadership and everything, it's great in the short term for the Nashville Predators. So I'll give it a C plus. It would make a lot more sense if Nashville had a direction. If they were rebuilding and you want to bring in you know, a more experienced cup champ to mentor some of the younger players who come up for the next four years. Fine. That makes a lot of sense. If they're contending and you need to add a third line center to, to build and to have some more responsibility in the bottom six, that also makes a lot of sense. It's just the fact that we don't really know what Nashville is doing right now. I, I think that they think they can compete right now. And that's just not the case. I think if you ask a lot of you know, people around the league, they're going to tell you, like, that team is just straight up not good enough. I chuckled a little bit, Harp, when you mentioned the 2017 year. We're six years removed from that. Like, that isn't even, that's ancient history in the NHL. Like, that's, I know some of the guys were there for that year, but, like, it is a totally different landscape in the league. Like, you can't hang your hat on something you did six years ago. And I think no, a no, little bit no. of that and, is. And I, yeah, I get Well, that I, I just sure. think a little bit of that is what they're, currently doing so i think it would make a lot of sense if they had a direction but they just really don't right now and also i wanted to mention too while we're talking about nashville i don't know if i'm alone in this but i feel like so far i am not impressed at all by barry trotz the buyout like we mentioned the trade retaining half having no direction even the signing like good in a vacuum but no direction with the team and the offer to get the fifth overall pick from montreal trading uh Yaroslav Askarov the 14th and the 24th pick like that is just oh I I wish they did that it would have been a lot of fun but I just didn't agree with that at all I can't believe Montreal said no like yeah just, anyway for uh, David for yeah for, for, for Ryan Bacher. yeah no David dot 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 anyway <laughs> oh poor poor Carey Price uh, with uh, with that, but yeah, I, I mean, and Askarov, like he's you know, just as a side note, like he may be one of the best 
goaltenders not in the NHL right now and, and is still very young. So interesting times ahead for uh, for Nashville now under Barry Trotz and the team that, of course, just hosted the uh, the NHL draft. Man, we, I tell you, just as another side note, like we should have a, a, a weekend or a week in, in Nashville. That's for sure. I think that's something that we all need to do. That's for sure. But anyway... That's uh, that's a wrap on this episode. So there you go. Uh, five signings where we focused on AAV and then five for term, 10 in total. You can let us know what you think of uh, those signings and any others that you thought were intriguing from the Canada Day long weekend. Boys, do we have anything uh, that, uh, that we want to say uh, before we, we wrap up here and, and take our summer break? We'll be off for six weeks, as you mentioned, Chad. Anything oh, I'm you want good. to add? No. Don't miss okay. us too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't miss us. Uh, don't miss us too much. And and again, just uh, wanted to say thank you. Thanks for for all your support. Uh, we we always have fun doing this, and looking forward to taking a bit of a summer break. And it's a break for you guys as well. So thanks for listening to episode 177, and uh, have a great summer. We'll chat again soon. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.